I think discontent is the fuel that fires the engine to push your dreams for your drive, for your ambition, for you wanting a future of abundance for you, your family, whoever else is in your circle. And discontent is basically that rumbling. It's kind of the waves in the water. If you're content and the water is still, there's no undercurrent there, you know, there's no waves to kind of activate you. Being discontented with whatever your situation is, I feel like is the only true way to push you forward. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Well, hello there, Wealthpreneur, and welcome back to another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. And today I'm coming to you solo. And what I want to talk about is just something that is in the air normally around this time of year, being, you know, close to Thanksgiving and all, and that whole feeling of gratitude. And I think something that we all have probably been inundated with mindset-wise growing up as young children, something that was introduced to us very young, is the feeling that expressing any type of discontent kind of implies that you are ungrateful. And I want to, I want to just kind of push back against that sentiment. Discontent is, and I looked up the definition, so let me read that here now. Discontent is a feeling of unhappiness or dissatisfaction. It can also mean a lack of contentment or satisfaction with one's situation, possessions, or status. I think discontent is the fuel that fires the engine to push your dreams, for your drive, for your ambition, for you wanting a future of abundance for you, your family, whoever else is in your circle. And discontent is basically that rumbling. It's kind of the waves in the water. If you're content and the water is still, there's no undercurrent there, you know, there's no waves to kind of activate you. Being discontented with whatever your situation is, I feel like is the only true way to push you forward. Now, an, one thing that we actually, I, I'll say me, but you probably do this as well, is you stifle your dreams because you think that that means you are being ungrateful for where you are today and for what you already have and what you already possess. Now, what is the definition of being ungrateful? It's being unappreciative, not displaying gratitude, not giving due return or recompense for benefits conferred. But even with 
this first part, unappreciative and not displaying gratitude, there's really, there's nothing to do with you being dissatisfied with your current situation. You can be dissatisfied and you can still be grateful for what you have. Dissatisfaction is more about where you want to go and it's a future tense and it's looking toward the future or what you want future you to accomplish. If you're satisfied with everything that you have today, you're not going to push for more. What's the reason? You already are happy with where you are. But if you want your future to look different, you're going to have to take action. And that is based off of you having that underlying feeling discontent and not being content, not being okay with the status quo. That does not mean you are not grateful for what you already have accomplished because maybe you already came very far away from where you were before. And you can look back and say, hey, I used to be at XYZ place and now I'm doing so much better. Now I have all these other things working in my favor. And you can be grateful for that and still have dreams of becoming more and doing more. Right. So I don't think that those two, they're, they're not equally, uh, they're not equal at all. Discontent does not equal being ungrateful. And you cannot, you can have one with the other. They're not mutually exclusive. I think a lot of people will actually abandon or delay the pursuit of their dreams because they mistake wanting more as ingratitude. And that's just, that's just not true. Um, I'm all for gratitude, but I am against, deeply, vehemently against denying our own dissatisfaction by refusing to push forward on our dreams because we think that that's showing the world that we are ungrateful for what we already have. It's kind of that mindset, oh, why you want to do that? Why you want more? Like, ain't you happy with what you got? Just be satisfied with what you already got. Why you have to do X, Y, Z? Like you probably have those naysayers in your life that think they're saying, giving you advice from a place of love, but is also a place of fear from what they don't believe that they can accomplish and there's, or they're fearful of what they don't think you can accomplish. And maybe at that point, they just think that them giving you this advice to be happy with what you have already is a way to keep you safe. But no one who has an abundant lifestyle now, no one who achieved great things did so by doing anything that was safe or anything that was within the lines or within the box. You have to take a little bit of risk in order to help yourself grow. Risk and safety do not lead toward growth and abundance. And if you have, maybe abundance is not the word that you're thinking of because maybe abundance seems too lofty and maybe you feel like that seems like too big in the mindset of, oh, I don't actually need abundance. I just need to get by, right? Whatever your thought process is for the lifestyle that you desire to live, if you are not living that now, you're going to have to step outside of that box step outside of your comfort zone, take a little bit of risk. It can be a calculated risk, but you got to risk something and then move forward with 
I was going to say not being afraid, but let me rephrase that. Move forward through your fear because you can do it afraid and still just do it. If you wait for your fear to be done and gone and subside, you'll never end up making any moves or taking any action, right? So if you think about, um, I think Nelson Mandela had a quote, there is no passion to be found playing small. In settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Let me just say that one more time. There is no passion to be found in playing small. In settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. And I even think playing small is very relative because something that may be a huge step for you, might be small for someone else, but you cannot compare what you need to do with what somebody else has done, right? You need to actually just look at yourself, what you can do, your past, where you want to go in the future and compare yourself to yourself. Take small movements over time, be consistent, And that will build up to the lifestyle that you want and to accomplishments that will slowly start to to build and grow and snowball, right? And you'll get to that point. Where I want to bring this back is I always have that, that passion and I'll say drive to want more. I'm always envisioning the future, always with my plans and goals of the lifestyle that I want and where I want to be in a few years, right? To build wealth with real estate? Are you all tapped out on YouTube University and ready to get help tailored to your specific situation and goals? Have you always known that you are a little different from the crowd, that you never liked following the status quo, and that you're just tired of living in mediocrity? You want to build wealth on your own terms outside of Wall Street? Well, you know, then maybe the Microfamily Mavericks mentorship program can help with that. It's a community where I handhold you through the process of buying your first small commercial multifamily building because not everyone is ready for 100 units out the gate. Why multifamily? Because it gives your rental income a hedge against vacancy. Imagine what happens when your single family rental tenant leaves, right? And why commercial five plus units? Because you have much more control over increasing the building's value in the commercial space and then in turn increasing your own net worth. Starting small is a stepping stone to so much more because then you can tap that equity and buy another building and another and another and you get the point. So increasing your cash flow and your ability to be job optional along the way. It's all a part of the journey. So if you think big but you want to start small And if you know multifamily real estate is the way for you to open the door to building a life of freedom, abundance, and legacy, but you just need someone to guide you step-by-step, and you want to be surrounded by other people on the same journey, doing the same thing, then just click the link in the show notes to find out a little bit more about the Microfamily Mavericks, and I look forward to potentially seeing you on the inside. So now back to the show. One of my biggest goals this year was I deeply deeply, deeply wanted to leave my W-2 and or at least scale down hours and be virtual part-time, if not leave completely. 
but I wanted to do that by the end of this year. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I am fighting tooth and nail, clawing my way out of there. Um, but there's, there's a few things that I feel like I need a little, a little bit more time, right? Maybe a few more months. I also had a plan just to like save up enough to take a leave of absence for three to six months and then use that time to build up all my business ventures and then hopefully not have to go back, right? So that's the overall plan. Because the end of the year is winding down for the last uh, couple months, but definitely the last, no, actually the last couple months I've been working on it. I've been working on a new business venture that is actually not even real estate related. It's rental related, but not real estate related. And I've been working on this because it's a huge opportunity to for me to create at least a little bit extra cash flow faster than what I create with my multifamily buildings. So I do want to buy more real estate. I do want to buy more rentals. And that's still in the plan. That's still part of the, the foundation that I'm laying for my legacy. But I needed a few other different business ventures, different streams of income, right? You need to diversify a little in order to help me reach that goal quicker because that goal of leaving my W-2 would lay the, the runway for me to really go all in with my business ventures and actually have the time that I need to build up the other streams of income that I need to stay away from my W-2 and give me the lifestyle that I want, right? I don't know if anyone else has that kind of uh, aspiration. So all that to say, I'm I'm really close, but I just needed a a boost, like a little bit of a bridge. So the last few weeks, especially the last few weeks, I have been super close to getting um, my first new asset uh, under the belt. And it's just been so much hoops that I've been jumping through much more than expected. I didn't expect this at all. I wasn't expecting this level of of kind of just like stress and things not working and the amount of time that it's taking and people not replying timely. And it's, it's just so much that I'm juggling and red tape and just all the things that I, I really, really was not expecting at all. But because I was so engrossed and kind of mentally distraught, I'll tell you, from this whole process of trying to get this other business up and running, I have definitely been kind of detached or disengaged from my normal content creation and my normal like posting schedule. Uh, and even to the point where, because it's been a few weeks for me actually engaging online and in social media, I got to the point where I was even questioning my overall mission. So I don't know the mission is important of building black wealth and actually building minority wealth, honestly, um, because all of us have issues <laughs> with, um, you know, we know just some of the things that are happening in this country. And I still, I love the country. I would not want to move to another country, but we are not blameless here, right? Um, in every different, I, I, there's no competition of who had it worse here. We've all had situations that have been extremely unfortunate. Um, and we have rules and regulations and uh, systemic things that we're working through now that we all have to overcome in order to make progress. 
So that is the mission and the mission is still very important. But what I was questioning was the timing of me needing to create content to help with that mission now versus stepping back, focusing solely on my other ventures that will help me and my family kind of get be good, right? Let's be good first. You know, that whole concept, put your own oxygen mask on first and then help other people. And a lot of people have that mindset when they go into business building or they have an altruistic um, venture idea for their, their business or their mission. So it was a, it was a deep a thought process that I was having. And I was, I was really emotional. I keep saying emotionally distraught, but I have no other better way to describe it. But I was emotionally distraught about that as well. Like it made me a little bit sick to my stomach and it made me question a lot of things. I don't know what um, a lot of you may think when it comes to people who are creating content. Not everything is making you money, right? And I'll just be frank. So there, I, I do this podcast, I post online, I have my, you know, information and in, in all my newsletter and all the things that I do to try to help teach people. I have consultations. I, I do all the, all these things. Um, but almost none of it is really monetizable right now. And a lot of content creators create content just to help educate people and help expose people to new ideas and um, help them get elevated. And it takes a lot of time to create. So at that, with that in mind, I was thinking, you know, I need to pause, focus on getting my family good, and then come back into the content creation to show everybody like, oh, this is what I did. This is how you can do it. This is something that works. This didn't work. You know, all that, which is great. I could do that. But I also feel like exposing the journey as I'm going through it is is vital and is very important. And I think you being there along the journey and seeing my ups and downs, because I'm very transparent and I show a lot of things that work and don't work and the ups and downs of real estate investing and issues with tenants, issues with property management, <laughs> issues with valuations and contractors, just all the things. Like whenever something is going wrong, I actually share that because I want people who are interested in getting into real estate investing to have that in their mind and not to scare them away from it because it's a powerful well-building tool, but to open up your eyes and let you know what could potentially happen. Because if you have no clue at all, then you just get blindsided by something it's much better for you to have an idea at least that like, you know, okay, well, if something like that were to happen to me, I'm going to do X, Y, Z and you can pair. And then hopefully it doesn't even ever happen. Right. So I think showing the bad along with the good in the journey is ideal. And that's something that I feel like if I were to step back from my content creation, then you would not get the benefit of seeing the ups and downs through the journey. I don't want to just come back, disappear for six months, come back, you know, with all these uber success stories and not be able to show you the downside that happened along with that, right? So that was 
the last few weeks of me just being so engrossed with this new venture that could be potentially give me more cash flow. I say potentially because I haven't started. I actually should be getting the first asset tomorrow, uh, finally. And then as that starts growing, then I'll share that with you as well, even if it's not real estate related, right? Are you enjoying this episode? Then stop what you're doing right now. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It really helps our show get pushed to more people who are looking for the information that we're sharing here. We have to share the wealth. If you listen to us on YouTube, make sure you like the episode that you're listening to right now and subscribe to our channel. Then share the channel with somebody else. There are people out there looking for the information you're listening to right now. So make sure you share it with someone who you know needs it. Now back to the show. Um, the person that I have helping me with this venture, my my operations manager, I do plan to have her on the show soon at some point so she can share with you what we're doing, actually. Um, so that might be hopefully in the next couple episodes. But I guess the whole point, not the whole point, but part of what spurred this this thought process and to share this story with you today is as I made the decision to go ahead and just continue to post, continue to put out content, like it's very hard to still just switch it back on after you've been away for a couple of weeks, especially when you've been away unexpectedly. But this week, um, this is Thanksgiving week. This week I planned, okay, Wednesday, I'm going to, I have a couple of things. I think that if if something happens that I was planning to help him with the business, the new business venture, after work, I was going to just have to do a bunch of running around to get to get this some things done. What ended up happening is my daughter earlier in this week bumped her head on a bathroom doorknob after brushing her teeth. And she was crying about it. And I went in, you know, said, what's wrong? And kind of consoled her, rubbed the side of her head where she said she bumped her head. Um, and like, okay, you'll feel a little better in a little bit, right? The next morning she woke up and told um, my husband that her vision was blurry. And like around the perimeter of her face, of, of his face and around his nose, and then from far away, everything was blurry and she couldn't really see. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. At this point, we had not uh, associated that with her bumping her head on the doorknob. So we found that out after the fact, or I realized that after the fact. And then we just waited the whole day. We kind of like, you know, how's your vision feeling now? How are you doing? Oh, it's still a little blurry, still a little blurry. Okay, well, we'll just keep monitoring it. The next morning she woke up, I was already at work. My husband calls and says, yeah, Madison's telling me now that um, she, the, the vision, like my whole face now is blurry, not just the perimeter on the sides. Like she can't see anything and she looks concerned. And actually she told me I'm scared because I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. And that spurred me into action. We, I've said, okay, the vision is getting worse. I don't know what's happening. Like we like I said, we had we no idea. We did not associate this with a doorknob or her hitting her head at all. And so we contacted her pediatrician. 
told her the situation, talked to her on the phone, see what, you know, can we get her to pediatric ophthalmology as a um, emergency consult? And of course, this is the day before Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of people are not in the office, right? Especially in outpatient clinics. And so she gave me a couple of names. I was on the phone all morning calling to places that no one was answering the phone. Um, one place has a couple of different offices. So I kept calling all the different offices and no one was answering the voicemail. Finally got to an office that was open. They were able to squeeze us in same day. So I left work early, got home, picked up my daughter, and we, we drove up there, got her ophthalmology consultation. So the main reason is because the pediatrician said, this sounds like it could be a de detached retina. A detached retina, if you don't know, is a serious issue that needs surgical intervention almost immediately, like within a few days, or it can lead to blindness and other issues if you if it's not rectified. So before I heard that um, assumption from the pediatrician, I was just thinking, my mind was running wild because her vision was unexpectedly, un, like seemingly unprovoked because we didn't think about the doorknob, just getting worse out of nowhere. So my mind was running towards all these different, um, like you hear about flesh eating bacteria, you see pictures of kids with like no eyes or kids are blind and that's a reality out there. And I just, my heart sank because I just thought about all the potential that my daughter has and how free spirited and caring and um, thoughtful and smart she is and all the things that I know she wants to do. And I want her to have the best opportunity to be able to take advantage of everything. And I had to check myself as well because I'm like, if this are, is it, if this is our reality, Lord, I just want you to make me strong enough that I can still encourage my daughter that she still can do all these things, even if she ends up, God forbid, losing her high, eyesight. So that morning I was crying and praying and crying and praying. And I'm not a crier. If you know me personally, it's kind of like, what, Nicole was crying about something? I, it takes a lot <laughs> to make me cry. But because I had no clue what this, this was going on with her eyes, and I'm thinking it could be some super rare condition that now we're going to have to take her around to like 50, 60 different doctors trying to figure out what this is. She's going to have surgeries, all this other stuff I'm, I'm thinking. Then her doctor tells about the, a dis a displaced or detached retina. And even though that's very serious, I said, I immediately kind of calmed down, felt a little bit better because at least that is a known kind of common situation. And even if she did need to need, end up needing surgery, he said, you know what? That's another prayer. That's an, another situation where, okay, then we just ask for God to cover the surgeon, give us a good surgeon who, and there's no issues and everything goes smoothly. And there's nothing that's like a ongoing issue because of after surgery. So I was just preparing myself for all this. She had the consultation and her eyes were fine. Nothing was wrong with them at all. No detached retina, no issues at all. And he thinks that maybe just from hitting her head, she maybe bruised the back of her eyes some, somehow. Um, but he said, nothing is wrong here. Those are, it's going to resolve. The blurriness is going to resolve itself. And so every day we're asking her, how's her eyes, how's her eyes feel or not feel, but how, how does her vision look? Um, and so every day she sounds a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, 
And so even today when I asked her, she was like, no, it's not blurry anymore. Your face is not blurry anymore. Um, but that sign over there is blurry because some of those letters are a little small. So there's still little things, but it's definitely resolving itself. But you should have seen me. I was kind of a hot mess on Wednesday, running around, taking her to this um, ophthalmology and trying to get an appointment and just all the thoughts that were going through my head. Then he said, the doctor said, the ophthalmologist said, okay, you know, you can go into Thanksgiving with a clear mind and stress-free, whatever. We did. We had a nice Thanksgiving at our in-laws, at their grand, my kids' grandparents, my um, father, my father, my husband's <laughs> mother and father's house. Um, and we, it was fine. We just had a normal Thanksgiving dinner. We came home that night and the girls were playing and trying to flip and do handstands. I don't know why they have so much energy. I think they had a piece of cake right before we left there. And grandma, I'll, she can listen to this too. She set us up. She gave them a piece of cake right before we was leaving there. <laughs> so by the time we got home, that John had set in and they was on cloud a hundred running around, trying to flip each other, trying to help each other flip and handstand, all this other stuff. So then my daughter who bumped her head on the doorknob is kind of uh, accident prone and clumsy. And so she's trying to do a handstand by crawling her legs up the back of a wall. And she only gets like 90 degrees. She doesn't fall or anything. She just comes down off the wall and crawls away, bawling, crying. Me and my husband are sitting right here. And we say, what is wrong with you? Why are you crying? We thought because she couldn't do the handstand and she's very competitive with her little sister um, and her little sister does some of those things a little bit better than her like she her little sister can't do a handstand at all either but just her attempts even look better <laughs> so but then she tells us she comes back around and she tells us no I actually hurt my arm and she's crying and she's pointing to the inner her inner elbow on her left arm and this is the exact place that she pointed where the pain was when she broke her arm in the spring so she was in a full cast. The fracture was on the back of her, like above her elbow. I forgot what that bone is called. And so she, we did do the whole process, like six to eight weeks or whatever she was in that cast. Uh, and when she first broke her arm, then she was pointing to the inside of her elbow as a place that hurt. So when she pointed to that, the same exact spot now that it hurt, my husband and I looked at each other and said, oh my gosh, like this can't, that like she didn't fall. She did, nothing happened. I didn't see any kind of trauma. So there's like no way that she broke her arm again in the same spot, right? Like she didn't do anything. Like this is completely healed. It's been months and months, right? This can't just happen from that. She didn't do anything crazy. So we said, okay, but she couldn't move her hand. She couldn't move her arm at all. But we said, okay, we will check in the morning at this time urgent care city md that we normally go to around the corner was closed i'll take her in the morning if she still can't move her arm wake up in the morning and she cannot move her arm and it still hurts for her to try to straighten it of course so all my plans for today friday are were gone and it's time to take her to city md of course we wait there for an hour or two then they tell us there's no x-ray tech here today so then we had to go to the emergency room. So then we wait there, go in, finally get an x-ray. So this is just like, I think we left maybe, what time did we leave in the morning? Like 8.30 in the morning. 
and we got back uh, around like 2, 2.30. So it was literally all day we were in these various hospitals. And so this is second day this week. I've been in hospitals um, or clinics somewhere um, for my daughter. What happened was she didn't actually break her arm. We finally got the x-ray. There was no no fracture. She didn't break her arm. What he thinks, the doctor thinks happens, just like a ligament um, got caught in between her elbow joint when she was trying to climb up the wall. And that is what was making her arm painful and not be able to, her not be able to move her arm. So he kind of did a twist turn thing and, you know, got that ligament out of the the, the bone joint. And she was able to move her arm again. So the main point I want to say about that is is good. Everything's good. She's fine now. Um, I'm super grateful that both situations ended up not being false alarms, honestly. Um, But the main thing was, and what I want to get to, sorry, this was a very long way to get around to the point here, but I needed you to understand the full like experience of what I was going through is I was super, super annoyed today. And I had to check myself in in my head multiple times um, to not be annoyed that like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she broke her arm again. Like she's so clumsy and this and that. And like just having those thoughts go in my head. And I'm thinking about all the things I want to do today. And these are all the content creation things that have been not procrastinating on, but have Every day there's been something and they keep getting pushed back a day, pushed back a day, pushed back a day. And now today, the day I was going to have free to do some of the more important things that needed to get done also got pushed back because I had to be in the hospital all day and I was super annoyed. But what I checked myself on was that two days ago, I was crying and praying for her eyesight. And today I was annoyed because she, she potentially fractured her arm so I don't know if that's like a less serious situation in my head because we had been through that I know cast to fix it blah blah but the eyesight thing I don't know it was just I did not want her to lose potentially lose her eyesight and I said to myself look you cannot be picky about what is an inconvenience for you you cannot be picky about what you are grateful for and what you're asking God for. Two days ago, I'm crying and praying for my daughter's eyesight. And that turned out to be perfect. And there was nothing wrong. And God answered our prayers, right? It was a false emergency that didn't need any kind of intervention. And today, I'm just super annoyed and snappy with the kids. Instead of just being grateful for just even having the opportunity to take her to a hospital or even if even if she did have her arm broken I would much rather deal with that than deal with an eyesight issue right and that's kind of I feel like that would be more of a blessing because her eyesight was good is great and now you know okay so she broke her arm we'll just have to deal with that but to not have that deep that deep-rooted kind of like just annoying and being upset about it, that annoying feeling inside. And so I, I honestly, I just had to check myself and I had to just think like, God, you know what, give me patience. Thank you for all that you've done. 
Thank you for her eyesight. Thank you for now that we found out her arm was not broken. Thank you for the arm not being broken. You put me through a lot this week in just having me be out and and dealing with doctor's appointments and putting family first. And there were a few other things happening in the background that I didn't go into detail in. But I had to drop everything else and deal with family, right? But guess what? That's why I want to leave my job. That's why I'm going and trying to start these new business ventures so that I'm able to be there and deal with family, whether it's good or bad. So how can I then be ungrateful and upset about a situation where I actually am able to help deal with family and whatever I needed to do business-wise was actually could easily be postponed. Now I'm up tonight recording this episode because I do want to share this story, this life story with you, right? And hopefully if you have something like this similar that you deal with with your family or checking your emotions on what you're grateful for versus what you're not grateful for and what you're annoyed at. We it's all about changing perspective. And we have to remember to do that. And we have to remember that we should be grateful for everything. Even the bad things that happen, there's a lesson in all of it. And my husband and I were talking about this the whole situation this week. And we just know that we can't be upset. This is there's a lesson in it. And if there's something we want to change about our lives, because basically some things didn't happen the way we wanted them to, or our availability to be there wasn't where we wanted it to be, or just whatever else happened micro on a micro level within these situations, if something wasn't in alignment with what we truly wanted to be able to do to help this situation, then that was a lesson in and of itself to have us be discontent, right? And make us think about, okay, this situation didn't work how I wanted to be, how I wanted it to, and I'm discontent with this. And that needs to be our fuel for pushing forward. And I feel like this whole week was a whole, like a wrap, wrapped up my month in a pretty bow, maybe not as pretty, but in a very grateful and discerning and eye-opening bow about being discontent with situations. And even when you make plans to get out of that, things will happen in a way that you don't plan. And like, God gave me the family time that I'm working toward, but in a way that I was not expecting, in a way that pushed me and tested my limits in a way that made me drop everything else that I was working on because it was not as important in the moment as catering to my daughter's needs. And so I just want to wrap that in, I guess, a bow for you. And hopefully my ramble of a story has helped you in some kind of way Think about situations that have happened in your own life and how you can change your own perspective to think about why you're grateful for that situation, right? It's all mindset and perspective, but still I want you to think about being 
discontent with your current situation as fuel for you to move forward, not equating that with you being ungrateful and show, find ways to be grateful for things that even they don't feel like you should be grateful for them. So, and make sure you just are mindful of keeping you not being happy with where you are at today with not being ungrateful for what you have today, right? Um, what I also want to wrap up with is actually something that I've been wanting to do for a little while because I'm super grateful for you and for um, you listening to, especially my my ranty podcast, solo podcasts. <laughs> um, I'm going to start reading um, a reviews from our Apple from Apple um I, Apple podcasts. I was gonna say Apple iPad. <laughs> Apple podcasts, right? So this is from Sand MP. Sand MP gave us a five star review. Um, a life changing podcast. I just want to say thank you. Clap clap clap. This podcast has been a wealth of knowledge from how to increase income without trading more of your time to how to preserve the wealth you have created for years to come. This podcast is life-changing if you apply what you hear. Fire, fire emoji. You are awesome, heart. Well, thank you so much, Sand MP. I love this um, review. I really, I feel super grateful when I go through and read the reviews that you really are getting value from what I'm sharing in the podcast and the guests that I bring on. And what I want is if you have not left a review on Apple, please go there and do that. And maybe your review will be the next one that is read. I'm going to read a review in every episode from here on out. And what I want you to also do is please make sure you give me tips or suggestions Tell me, you know, the kind of content that you would like to hear, the kind of subject matter you would like to hear, the kind of guests that you would like to have on. If you have a guest suggestion, you know, send it to me, sharethewealthshow at gmail.com, right? Share the sh uh, share the wealth show at gmail.com and let me know uh, who you want to hear and what kind of um, topic you want us to cover if you feel like we haven't covered a certain niche, right? I'm trying to get all around every every kind of way that we can build wealth in an untraditional manner and i want to bring that to the forefront and experts in the industry to the forefront and they'll lay out the blueprint for you to follow and all of my guests will are easy to contact and are open to being contacted by you so please please do that and please if you have not left us a review and rating in apple please go do that so that i can read your review next time but in any case Please, I want you to stay discontented so that you can continue to grow. Until next time. Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified.